This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Some members of Congress, perhaps not content with current efforts to fight the scourge of fentanyl, want to declare cartels foreign terrorist organizations and authorize the use of force in our neighbor to the south, Mexico. Cato's Justin Logan says the idea poses tremendous risks with not much promise of a return. A lot of people uh, across the southern border and in various states in the United States say fentanyl is a scourge. Um, and to the extent that this these drugs cross the southern border, uh, they want a special emphasis on who's doing this, never mind the evidence that most it's mostly Americans who are bringing that uh, that particular drug into the United States. But uh, some members of Congress want to go a step further and designate the cartels that are facilitating drug imports into the United States as terrorist organizations. Uh, how reasonable is that? Well, it's important to point out at the outset that these proposals, and there are two separate proposals, there's one proposal to designate uh, a number of Mexican cartels as foreign terrorist organizations or FTOs. And the advocates of this approach say, we're just trying to seize cartel assets, right? This gives us tools to go after funds that the cartels need to operate. But at the same time, you hear, for example, Senator Lindsey Graham talking about the FTO designation, um, say, quote, we need to put our military into the game to stop this. We need to destroy these labs on the ground in Mexico. And so you, you, you hear in, in, in one case that it's about seizing assets and in the other case, it's about destro physical destruction in Mexico. Then the AUMF bill, which is led by uh, Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw, um, says, on the one hand, this is just about, quote, operating with the Mexican military, as we've done with other allies battling internal insurgencies. Um, and I think there's a couple problems with this. Number one is that um, to the extent the United States military has helped other allies battle internal insurgencies, the allies wanted their help. Um, and in this case, the Mexican government, very unsurprisingly, has said they don't want the U.S. military operating against the cartels in Mexico. And the second problem here is that the U.S. experience with counterinsurgency, and I think among even a lot of Republicans, um, is recognized as being a total catastrophe, a, a, a stupid and pointless waste of resources and human life. Um, and so modeling uh, U.S. military operations against the cartels in Mexico on the counterinsurgency campaigns that we fought in places like Iraq just seems to me the height of lunacy. What changes when an, an organization, however defined, is defined as a foreign terrorist organization? Well, many things happen, and that's part of the problem here. As I suggested before, you're not going to find a lot of people who would oppose, um, you know, seizing cartel assets, right? This isn't, there isn't a great uh, 
uh, property rights caucus that says, you know, those are the that's the cartel's money. We can't take that. But at the same time, at the point that you designate a foreign entity, a foreign terrorist organization in a political context in which there is a discussion about the authorization for the use of military force, the politics shift even further such that you say, oh, we all realize that 70 or 80 or 100,000 Americans are being killed a year by this stuff. And we've already agreed that they're a terrorist organization. But now we're going to get the vapors and clutch our pearls about doing anything about it. And, and that becomes a very powerful political argument um, beyond the you know arguable authorization that it would pro- provide. Probably you don't have to worry about the Biden administration on this score, but the next potential Republican administration really taking the ball and running with it um, when he or she were to take office. So um, the FTO designation on its face and depending on who you listen to isn't that objectionable. But when you push it even a little bit, you discover that there's an awful lot to worry about there. How often are these designations of foreign groups as foreign terrorist organizations? it's it strikes me that it's quite likely in many cases that uh, these designations are just driven by an attempt to find a foreign boogeyman that is try, trying to define this group as the bad guys and sort of uh, give people a break in the U.S. for trying to, you know, make our own systems and responses to their activities more robust. So. I think that's right. I mean, I think it is, you know, it is the search for a foreign boogeyman. And, and you know, in the other side's defense, um, cartels are really bad dudes. I mean, this is just something that needs to be said. I, You know, there's some people who've, you know, said, well, fentanyl's actually not that bad. And the numbers on how many people are being killed or are inflated. And, I, you know, I have two little kids, two little boys in school. And, you know, the school up the road had a 16-year-old kid keel over dead. Um, from overdosing from fentanyl, and they zapped him with uh, naloxone, and he woke back up. But I, I, you know, maybe I'm getting out of my lane here, but I, I kind of think American culture for these kids is not a great place. I think they're rotting their brains on social media, and they're not, you know, falling out of trees and breaking their arms like they used to. So I kind of worry. I kind of think it is a problem. But I think that this uh, effort to say that we're going to locate it overseas and stop it overseas, that's the question here. Is this the best use of resources to deal with what I at least agree is a real problem? And I think if you look at some of the low-hanging fruit that is not sexy, like blowing stuff up in Mexico is, like providing this naloxone. And I I think it's like its own dark commentary to say, we're going to have a lot of high schoolers dropping dead from overdoses of fentanyl. So we need to put this stuff in schools so that we can wake them back up. Like that's a sad thing to have to say. Um, But at the same time, it's less sad than we're sorry your kid's dead because there was no naloxone to wake him back up. So there there are some unsexy things like, you know, a lot of these people are against putting naloxone all over the place or doing things like providing fentanyl test strips, right? So people are getting high when you and I were teenagers, you know, you did a couple of snoots and maybe you got too high or whatever, but you didn't keel over dead. Nowadays, uh, you know, fentanyl is so potent that even a little bit of it in, you know, a couple of bumps is enough to knock over a 140 pound kid. And so I think there's a lot of things that these people could be doing rather than starting wars overseas 
if they're really concerned about marginally decreasing the number of kids who are keeling over dead from fentanyl, and it's weird that those easier, more plausible um, solutions or partial solutions to the problem aren't getting as much traction as the idea of war with Mexico. And and the fact that it is Mexico seems uh, especially uh, problematic. Uh, they're our neighbor to the south. They're a massive trading partner with the United States. We have uh, relationships. There are families that live back and that move back and forth across the border on a on a regular basis. How does how how should that change our calculation about considering uh, something like this? Well, I mean, to go back to this idea that we're going to model it on counterinsurgency, you know, one of the things we should all be really happy about um, it, during the sort of the aughts and the early teens is that we lived in North America um, because living in Mesopotamia, for example, was a really bad place to be um, in the 2000s and early teens. It was just a nightmare. You, you want to stay as far away as you can from insurgencies or counterinsurgencies. And so the idea that you're going to undertake this eyes wide open with the idea of turning the border region into Iraq circa 2006 is just, to me, fanatical. And I think that, you know, the other hardy perennial for libertarians that I'll, you know, uh, 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 bring up here is the drug war is not a fight against, uh, uh, it's the fight against the existence of a market. Right. If you think about this, there's supply and demand and you can't get rid of the supply and demand. There's if there's enough demand, there's always going to be supply. So what you want to say is I want there to not be a market for this substance. And, you know, you can be, you know, obviously libertarians think that's a really heck of a tough project, but you could be as anti-market as you want. And boy, the idea that you're going to eradicate a market just doesn't have a lot of historical precedent. Um, that, 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 that is a happy story, right? You can talk about, um, North Korea. You could talk about a number of places that have really, you know, authoritarian or totalitarian political systems. But if you have free people and you have demand for a product, they're going to get it. And we use the military in Latin America in the 1980s and 1990s, um, in places like Colombia. And what we found is that not, you know, we did not get rid of the market for cocaine. We took a big chunk out of Colombia and we got rid of a big chunk of the supply that came from Colombia. But what happened given the static incentives of the market for cocaine? People in Bolivia, people in Peru began growing coca and the distribution consolidated where? Mexico. So there's a real futility to this. And again, you know, I've, I've put my cards on the table. I think fentanyl is a real problem. I think being a teenager today in the United States is harder than it was when you and I were teenagers. Um, but the idea that you're going to just get rid of a market for something is not a great plan. And so, you know, there are a whole bunch of things like Narcan, um, like fentanyl test strips that, you know, for me as a libertarian, a scholar at Cato, our grim undertaking. You know, this is kind of a sad thing to say. We need to get this antidote to this poison that our kids are snooting up in school so that they don't die. But at the same time, it's it's a better plan than either letting them die, number one, or number two, saying you're going to blow up enough stuff in Mexico that none of it is going to get into the country, which just strikes me as a fantasy. Justin Logan directs foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 